Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. There is no greater name than Jesus. Huzzah! Yes! <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, there is no greater name. Jesus is the name above all names. We've been looking at his name uh, and the different meanings of it. He is the greatest gift of all time and he is accessible to us. He has given himself to us and all we have to do is receive him. His name will be. His name will be is the series we've been uh, working our way through. It's a phrase that we read in the story of when God sent his son as human form to eventually, when a little bit older rather than a day old, uh, save the world from its sin. And we started this Christmas series by looking at Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us. And last Sunday at our carol service, uh, Sim looked at Jesus as our saviour. Wasn't it great to be together? It was so much fun. We had a great time. Uh, really, really lovely to be together in one place, worshipping God. Uh, it's not happened for a very long time. We look forward to January uh, the 16th when we get to do that again at the URC. But last week, yes, Sim spoke on Jesus as our saviour, the one who came to rescue us, to rescue our souls. And today we're exploring Jesus as the Messiah. The Messiah. I feel like I've got to say that with a bit of weight, Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. And some of you know, since I was a child, because of the love of the game for my granddad, I love football. I love Jesus, but I love football. I love to watch it when I can. I love to play it when I can. I love to follow the sport. Uh, and I must confess, the Manchester United pyjamas that I've bought Caleb for Christmas are basically for me, not for him. Um, he's going to look super cool in them, but they're probably for me. Although he does know the match of the day theme tune now, which is, I'm very proud, a very proud mother that he knows that. Football, yes, Caleb, that is right, football. Uh, but I am a Manchester United fan uh, because of my granddad. And since I was young, I watched Ronaldo and Rooney play together. Uh, it was brilliant and I loved watching them play. And growing up, I was so keen to be able to see them play live in person. I'd never seen them uh, before and I really wanted to. And I had to wait until the 17th of May, 2017. I was born in 93. Uh, sounds very old, but <laughs> not for some of you, sorry. Uh, but I had to wait until the 17th of May, 2017, when I got to see Rooney play live for Manchester United for one of his last games at the club. And uh, it was a really special moment when I saw his name on the team sheet. A tear entered my eye, it did, uh, sad as you may see. But it, it was a special moment for me because I'd been waiting to see him live and in person. And the skill, the joy, the success of this player uh, I'd seen through the telly box. Uh, but I finally got to see him in person. It was epic. They didn't win, but it was epic. Uh, it was great to see him. And I'd love to see Cristiano Ronaldo play one time. And now, again, that's possible for Manchester United. Uh, but the wait continues. Um, that might be a little hint. But there we go. Uh, so how many of us would say that we're good at waiting? Are we good at waiting? We live in a world, don't we? That is immediate. Everything's immediate. We have instant 
on the move internet access, uh, which we often don't have to wait for. Often, sometimes we do, but often we don't have to wait for. We have fast food restaurants, drive throughs that we don't normally have to wait long for. We live in a society whereby we can buy things without having the money yet so that we don't have to wait. That's crazy. In conclusion, we're not very good at waiting. Let's take a look at our reading for today, which is Luke 2, verse 8 to 15. I thought the young people did a brilliant job at this reading last week on the video. It was so much fun. I want to see it again. Uh, and we're going to read it again on Christmas Day. Uh, a few of Freedom Church um, people are going to be reading that for us, which we filmed already. So look forward to that. Uh, but we're going to read it again today. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 8 to verse 15. So here it is. And there were shepherds, I'm one of those, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, I love that when we read God's word, the Bible, the spirit loves to highlight something new. I don't know if you experience this. I'm sure many of you have, but he teaches us. He, he highlights things new. And for me this year, I notice more than I have done in others, the, the way the angel communicates uh, this message to the shepherds. And they start like most angels do, don't be afraid. Uh, it means they must look fairly scary to look at. Uh, but they continue, I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Okay. Uh, but why? Okay, so it's going to be good news. Why? Yeah. Well, because today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah. So this is good news. People will be well pleased. But why? Because yes, a saviour has been born. Being rescued is obviously a good thing, but not only is a good guy that will do a good thing, he's only the one that you've been waiting for for like ever. He's here. The Messiah, the one that you've been waiting for is here. The one that you've been waiting for for years and years and that was promised to your ancestors has finally arrived. The one that has been promised to the people of God that you've been reading about in the Torah, in the Old Testament, because they had that bit, they'd read that this guy was, that this Messiah would come and save the people. And the angel said, I bring you good news. The wait is over. He is here. And the Old Testament passages that include the coming of a Messiah, the pas passages that they would have read would have been Isaiah 42, Isaiah 61, Psalm 16, Psalm 22, Daniel 9. There's lots of them. And they all speak of this promise of God for a deliverer, an anointed one to save his people. And some of them speak of him being the one who would be a Hebrew from the tribe of Judah, and Jesus was. Uh, it was said that he was born to be uh, born of Bethlehem, in Bethlehem of a virgin, and Jesus was. The Messiah would perform miracles, and Jesus eventually did. But interestingly, and perhaps sadly, many of those living in those times misunderstood what the Messiah would look like and do. 
They read the prophecies of how the Messiah would overcome God's enemies to mean that he would deliver them from the Roman authorities, the physical kingdom, as it were. They expected the Messiah to come and set up a physical kingdom that, where they would be the rulers, not the ones being ruled. But as I said, sadly, they misunderstood because they overlooked the true reason for the coming of the Messiah. Now, let's go back a number of years. Uh, that might be the understatement of the year. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the whole thing. Everything there is to see, God created it and it was good. He then filled it and it was good and created man, male and female, and it was very good. If you're feeling bad today, you're very good, very good. And so he gave them everything they needed and told them you can eat from any tree in the garden. I love this story, can you tell? Uh, you can eat from any tree in the garden, except for this one in the middle. Don't eat from that one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat from it, because if you do, trust me, you'll die. Don't eat from it. And so they go about their business, you might know the story. And, uh, and then the sneakiest of all animals, creatures, comes to Eve and then eventually Adam and he asks this question, the most deceptive question of all time. Did, really, did God really say that? I hate that question. <laughs> did God really say that? Are you sure? Did God really say that? He's only saying that because he doesn't want you to have any fun. He's only saying that because he's, he's a killjoy. He's only saying that because he doesn't want you to know what he knows. He's just being selfish. And so Eve and Adam were deceived. They eat the fruit and instantly feel shame and fear. Now, in that moment, they didn't physically die. Of course they didn't, because we're all here now. They didn't physically die, but they spiritually died. They didn't physically die, they spiritually died. They, the souls, the inner being, the, the thing, the substance within them that makes them them were separated from God. They felt fear for the first time and they felt shame for the first time. Their sin, the decision to do what they thought was best or that they preferred rather than what God had told them to do had separated themselves from the God who is holy and good. And why? Why does that have to happen? Well, that's just because of the way it works. God is holy. Man is now sinful. And so therefore, uh, we were unable to be close to God like he had originally created things to be like. And so the Messiah who was promised to come to deliver the world, to bring justice to the world, to deliver the world from uh, what we can see and touch. It wasn't from what we could see and touch. It wasn't from flesh and blood. He wasn't coming to make things better for us in the physical world, but instead he came to break those chains that separated us from himself. That's the gospel. That's, that's what it's all about. He wanted us back. We were taken from him. We, were, we, we removed ourselves from him. Sin had created this barrier and he wanted us back. And so the Messiah was promised not to restore the pride, you know, uh, uh, the pride of, um, against the meanies of society. It wasn't to do with that. It, you know, he didn't come to save us from, uh, you know, the, the physical kingdom, as it were, and the way we live. 
but to restore our relationship with God back to how it was originally meant to be. We were created to be in relationship with God. We, man, male and female, were created to be in relationship with the Father and the Messiah, the promised one, was to come and deliver us and to put it right. That's why he came. And so they got it wrong. And, and Titus 3, 4 to 7 sums it up perfectly. I love Titus. It's a very small book, right towards the end of the New Testament. And, uh, and it says, it sums this up perfectly. Verse 3. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Saviour, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our saviour, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now, I wonder if you can remember that moment where you got that. Can you remember back? It's good to remember back because sometimes we can become uh, complacent or we can lose the wonder of what this means. I remember one of the moments that um, this had, had clicked again for me was uh, a week away on a youth camp in Cheddar. Um, we went to the Cheddar Caves, went caving. We had the best ice cream. I remember it just being really good. Uh, we had great food. We played games. But for me, the, mo the best moment of the whole week was singing In Christ Alone, that old hymn. My arms stretched wide as far as I could get them. I thought they were going to come out their sockets. I was bawling my eyes out, which some of you have seen, which is not pleasant to watch. I was just in that moment. I just, it just clicked. I just knew that God had saved me by grace and grace alone. And that Jesus, the Messiah, he came not to, to cause, um, not to bring us restoration in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense, my, my being, my inner being had now been reconnected with God because of what Jesus did and for him coming. And I just, I knew it in my, in, in my gut. And if you've not had a moment like that for a very long time, I know that it can be um, quite disheartening. And, you know, so I pray for another moment where the light bulb turns on and you go, I get it. I get it. This is what it's all about. Jesus the Messiah came not to restore the physical world, but the spiritual world and to restore my soul. And so when Jesus did appear back when, they didn't understand that Jesus' kingdom was bigger and better than anything they could ever imagine. And as a result, there weren't many who uh, were prepared to accept Jesus as the promised Messiah because he didn't fit their ideas. They, he didn't fit into the mould that they thought he would fit into. I mean, it was right in front of their eyes. <laughs> Do you ever miss something that's right in front of your eyes? The keys are literally on the side. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No. OK, they are. They, they, he was right in front of their eyes and they missed it. Jesus' hometown didn't recognise him as the Messiah. And here's that moment. I'm going to read it because it's really good. Uh, Luke 4, um, from verse 16 to 30, I'll read it. Um, this is where, so uh, Jesus came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. Um, so he was brought up here, right? So people knew him. They knew him as a little kid, 
right? You ever been, you know, Eve knows that. She's been here forever, right? Eve, the little, little one. Jesus would have been known as the little one, you know, the kid that's grown up. And he probably would have fixed some of their things because he was a carpenter, right? So he, he was in Nazareth where he'd been brought up. They would have known him. And as, it, as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Now, if anyone doesn't need to go to church, it's Jesus. But he did because it was his custom. It's important. If you're thinking about whether coming back or not, it's important. Come. It's good to be with God's people and to hear God's word. And so uh, Jesus was there. He went to church. He went to the synagogue. And on the Sabbath day, he stood up and he read. Now, this might, I, I did wonder. I was like, what? How did he do that? You know, if he was a carpenter, why did he um, get up? So the usual order of service for uh, a service at the synagogue began with an opening prayer and praise and whatever. And then they'd read the law, read something from the law, and then read uh, something from the prophet, and then someone present a talk, a bit like we do on Sunday mornings ourselves. And that might have been like a learn, learned visitor. And in that case, probably, Jesus was that one who was learning and they gave him a go, like someone did for me one day. You know, they, they gave him a bit of a go. You have a go, God. Uh, so, so Jesus was that person, which is why he was handed the scroll. And so he was handed the scroll, found the place where it had been written. The spirit of the Lord, this is Isaiah 61 he's reading from, which was one I mentioned earlier. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and just sat down. Now, if that's not a mic drop moment, <laughs> what is? Boof! That's me they're talking about. You know. Jesus had revealed himself to him. And what happens next is literally hilarious, right? They got really, really, really angry. Really angry enough, right, to, to have a bit of a conversation with Jesus. How dare you? What, what do you do? And then they drove him, like, because the, the town was on a hill. They drove him up the hill, out of the town, up the hill, in order to then push him off. And that basically means they're going to stone him to death because that was the start of the stoning. You'd throw rocks down at them. Ah. So they were that angry that Jesus had said, look, this is, this is me, right? Because he says, today this scripture has been filled in your hearing. This is me. And so they were so angry that they, 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 went to, they wanted to kill him. And hilariously, you know, Jesus isn't silly and he just walks straight through them. Bye. Some people call that a miracle. It's very cool. Um, now, that's not quite the response, right, that you'd want from a talk on a Sunday morning. Now, I hope that if I ever find myself in that position, it's for a really, really good reason. Now, you know, Jesus wasn't silly. And the miracle, they, they couldn't believe him to be that Messiah. They just couldn't get it because he didn't fit what they thought he would. He didn't look the way that they thought he might look. He didn't do the things they thought he might do. Some missed it. They missed it. This one they had been waiting for for years and years, they missed him. And he was right in front of their eyes. But, I love a good but, but 
Some, however, did recognise Jesus as the long-awaited Messiah and it became their purpose, their lifelong purpose to make this known by everyone, to share this amazing news with others. You know, he became their reason for living because they recognised that Jesus was the one that had been promised to them. So much so that they would be killed for not denouncing the fact that they believed that to be true. And one of those heroes of faith that did recognise that Jesus was the one who they had been waiting for was John. And as he closed his gospel, the gospel of John in the New Testament, he summarised the message that he had been trying to get across and he wrote it down as a summary of his book in John chapter 20 from verse 30 to 31. It says this, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. John got it and he wanted to do everything he could to convince the world that Jesus is the Messiah, the one that we've been waiting for, the one that who would be who would be our deliverer and who would save us from sin and death. And so the question I kept coming back to in my study and my reflection and prayer this week when praying for this morning was this question. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? He's already here. He's already here. We can so often miss what's right in front of our eyes. So what are you waiting for? The one who can provide for all our needs. He's already here. The one who can give you peace and joy in every situation. He's already here. The one who can satisfy, like no other, the hunger and thirst. He is already here. The one who is always listening, always with you and always available to us. He's already here. What are we waiting for? If you're waiting for evidence, then you've already got it. There's so much out there. If you're waiting for a reason, I could give you a hundred. If you're waiting for him to show up and show himself, he's already done it. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and to rise again in order to give us life. The Messiah is here. He is the one. He is the one we've been waiting for. The rescuer is here. The one to restore the relationship between man and God. It was broken Jesus was the one who brought it back together. He is already here. And all we have to do is simply take a breath, <laughs> align our scattered senses with the Holy Spirit and receive his grace day after day after day after day. What are you waiting for? He's already here.
And I'd love for us now to, um, to, to do just that, to take a breath, to align our senses to the Spirit and to receive his grace. Um, the Holy Spirit is already in the room, wherever you're sat or stood. So it's normally us, isn't it, who needs to become more aware of God's presence with us. And so have a little shuffle in your seat. If you want to stand, you can stand, shake your hands up, do whatever you need to do, because we're going to just have a moment of silence together where we focus our attention and our mind on Jesus, the Messiah. What are you waiting for? All he, he's already here and he wants to bless you. He wants to give you what you need. And so let your body sit, let it rest. If you want to stand, you can. If you want to lie down or kneel, we're just going to be and become more aware of uh, Jesus, the Messiah, who is with us. And so I'm going to pray uh, and then we're going to have a time of silence, like I said. And in that silence, focus on Jesus. And can I encourage you, like, let your imagination just kind of flow and be taken over by a spirit. Because he, lo he loves to do that. He loves to show us pictures. He loves to give us words. He loves to uh, just give us a sense of peace and joy. You might cry. You might laugh. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Like, just receive his grace because he wants to give it to us. So let's pray and then I'll leave a, a bit of silence before um, the worship team continue with our final songs. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your son Jesus in order to bring us back to you, to bring us back to where we belong. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you are the Messiah, the one that was promised those years ago in order to redeem, restore and save. And God, we're sorry for those moments where we've been looking and trying to find what you give and what you offer us and what you've done for us. We're sorry that we try and find that elsewhere. We recognise, Jesus, that you are here. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you do your thing? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.